Hello and welcome to Holly's Hotspurs, where I, your host, Holly Agambar, will be talking all the latest news and gossip, along with a few heated opinions on the club we all love, Tottenham Hotspur. Now you can watch this unfold live with me and my guests over on YouTube at my channel, Holly Agambar. But for now, let's sit back and discuss what has been happening at Tottenham. Hopefully, we've been living lavish. It's Holly's Hotspurs back with another one. Chatting all things Tottenham, we're second to none. Special guests every time, if it's win, lose or draw. The passion is high like Harry Kane when he scores. Or when Lloris makes a world-class save. We got Hoybier running the mid every game. Settle down, stick around, say your thoughts with the panel. And make sure you're subscribing to the channel. Coys. Hello and welcome to another Holly's Hotspurs Live where we have kicked off the season in very, very high spirits because tonight we were talking about how we managed to thrash Southampton 4-1 for the first game of the season and I am very, very excited to dissect it all with these lovely guests. So first of all, uh, I'm going to speak over to Emma from Football London, make sure I got it right this time. (laughs) How are you Emma today? Yeah, all good, thank you. Pleasure to be back on the show and also, obviously, great to be talking about a win. So, yeah, excited to get into it all. Yeah, definitely. It's very nice, obviously, sitting here, first game of the season, top of the league. So, what more could you ask for? <laughs> um, and also with me again is Graham Roberts. Graham, it's so lovely to have you back on, mate. How are you feeling tonight? I'm good, Holly. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Um, hopefully, you'll give me a bit of peace tonight. So, uh, yeah. Good win. Always. Good win. Good win on Saturday. No, it really was. It was really nice, obviously. Um, with my background and hating the scummers, it was even better. Um, and with me also is returning face again, and that is Crackers. How are you tonight, mate? Evening, Holly. Wave after wave of attack, relentless pressure. But enough about you asking me on as a guest. What about Spurs on Saturday? <laughs> oh, love <laughs> no, it. No, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. What a start. Buzzing. Good stuff. Uh, it was cracking stuff. It was really good stuff. And, and like you say, I think we'll get into it, but I don't think I was worried um, even when, obviously, Southampton scored that first goal. But before we preempt it and get into it, I obviously want to do all the admin stuff first and say um, thank you to all you guys that are tuning in right now. I know Chris is in here. Hello, Chris, with an amazing surname. Um, thank you all for, for tuning in. Make sure you obviously like, share, comment and all the subscribe and all of that good stuff. But let's crack on with the game because obviously Emma it was the first game of the season I think everybody's had high expectations and it definitely did deliver on the atmosphere kind of side of things. Oh yeah definitely I think from minute one as always the fans were very loud giving a boost to all the players and I think on the pitch that really showed as well um you know I do think I'm not going to be negative the whole show no (laughs) not a lot of negatives at all I do think it was a slightly shaky start but I think after that sort of 15 minutes we really got going and I think Hassan Hartle even said after you know we stepped up a gear and Southampton weren't able to match that and I think it really showed you know the fitness levels as well and I just think to think that that for a lot of the game it was a starting 11 with no new signings and it really does show that depth and that you can bring on those subs and you're not thinking are they going to do much you're thinking wow we've got good subs to bring on so so yeah I think overall a lot of positives to take from it. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I like the fact you've obviously pointed out the start of 11 because, Graham, it was right. I, we didn't have any of the new guys on. Were you kind of shocked to see that none of those were kind of implemented in the start of 11? No, not really. I think um, sort of the end of the season, he had that settled squad. And, you know, what it was, 
it was to get the rest of the players in, you know, okay, Richarlison is £60 million, but we, 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 hopefully we've got 70-odd games this season. So, you know, the forward line will be swapped around. I thought Kulicheski was brilliant. Um, to be honest, I thought the whole team, as a team, we, yeah, we had a dodgy 10 minutes in the first half, sloppy goal to give away. But no, I didn't didn't think he would change the team at all because he's 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 nurtured these players how to play how he wants them to play. Perisic, you know, came on. I thought he was brilliant, but you know, the manager. Listen, we have a great manager. He's got them super super fit. Um, we're above Liverpool. We're above Man City, and we're above everybody. <laughs> Shut the league down now. <laughs> Finish it. <laughs> oh, I like that. And I think you're kind of true what you said, obviously, with um, the whole pre-season. Obviously, everybody's up their fitness levels. And I think it was a great thing to see, like you say. Conte's believed in the squad that obviously finished last season and gave him, right, you can go and do a job against these lot. Because that was kind of the case, wasn't it, Crackers? Like I said, we've mentioned that there was no one in that starting eleven. But you look at the likes of Sessignon. I talk about him, he's a player who, who lives off confidence and he's going to have a lot of confidence, obviously, scoring that first goal for us yesterday, uh, Saturday. Yeah, very much so. It felt like we sort of rolled out of Norwich, blinked, and uh, all of a sudden we were just playing Southampton again. And uh, it's sort of as you, as you were. And for a, for a first game, the way we sort of hit our, uh, our, our stride was just absolutely in- incredible, the, the fitness levels. And, uh, I mean, it's a f- the start of the season's always a bit odd. It can throw up a few odd results where some teams, another two, three games before they get into their sort of full match fitness. But we're just straight out the blocks. And as you said, Sessignon now, uh, it's, it's not what he'd done on Saturday so much. It's what he's done in pre-season. Four kilos in weight he's put on muscle. And the amount of hard yards and training he was doing in that closed season. And that's the difference. And it showed on on Saturday. He took that header beautifully, absolutely beautifully. And it was calm, collected. We just looked such a lovely, calm team at the moment. Even when we went 1-0 down to a a, a chaos goal. I mean, you know, he's, he's... Pulled that into the ground. It's just about gone over the, the, the top of um, of Lloris. And uh, so other, other than that, everything we put together was calm and measured. And uh, yeah, perfect start, Holly. Yeah, definitely. And I'm I'm glad you got it back to the goal because obviously that did happen first. And it was interesting, like you say, and, and I'm going to throw this one to you, Emma, the fact that we came back from that. I, I didn't want sit. I, I don't know about you guys, but I didn't want sit and think, oh, OK, hang on a minute. Southampton are turning up here. I thought that, like Crackers said, we always seem to be in control and calm on Pazor. It was just amazing how, I think if that was a, maybe two seasons ago, I don't think we would have maybe gone over the line, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I think the reaction was a big factor. And I think, you know, as well, it was something like 18 shots we have had. You know, it was, we had a lot of possession. We created a lot of chances and it was just sort of, getting that back and I think it was very important you know yeah we've seen a lot of times before opposition score a goal and heads drop but I think that is again it's just another thing that's really changed since Conte's come in and it is that reaction and you know I think especially once we got the equaliser it was sort of 
go, go, go. And I think, yeah, everyone really stepped up. And I also think just going back to the new signings, not starting as well, you know, they have got to compete for their place. They're not just going to, it's a team with quality all over the pitch. You're not just going to come and step straight in. And I think that also puts a bit of added pressure on the 11 that started. You know, they knew that they had to play a good game. Otherwise they were going to get subbed off. So I think, yeah, it was just all round good reaction to the to going one nil down. And then from there, I think we just kind of got better as the game went on. Yeah, definitely. I really like your point that you made, obviously, about competitions for place, because you're right. And I think, Graham, that's why Emerson Royale literally played out of his skin against Southampton. Well, yeah, but I think sort of there's been a lot of uh, conversations about him, you know, leaving. And and obviously, you know, I, I go back to pre-season in Korea and I, I was laughing my head off when they said that they'd done an hour and a half training in the heat and then they all sat around having a glass of water or a bottle of water and it, and the fitness coach went, no, no, we ain't finished yet. You have to run 45 lengths of the pitch. And I thought, welcome to our world when we did it because that's what we used to do. And now, like, you look at these players these days, they've never been through that. And it, it was like Harry Kane being sick on the side of the pitch and Sonny. I was just, I thought, welcome to my world. That's what it was. But now they're feeling the benefits for it mm. because the preseason has been harder. You know, I, I would go as, as far as saying um, the first season or second season pots when we nearly won the league and the, we got to the Champions League. You know, the boys were fit then, but we had good players then. Now we've got good players and they're even fitter. And uh, for the last two or three years, Mourinho as well, I didn't think we were fit enough to close people. You know, what, what I love about it, I, I was sat in the director's box on Saturday and you're sitting there right in front of, behind Conte and he kicks every ball. He, You know, he's screaming, he's kicking the ball, he's, he's pushing players into positions, you know, and I thought the two midfield players were excellent. And you look at that and you think, wow, well, we've got Basuma to come in there. Mm. You know, you've got the three lads up front. We've got Richarlison to come in there. So what, he, what he's done in the summer, and I've got to say Paratici as well, and Daniel Levy, they've gone out and they've bought players that when you take one, two, three players off the pitch, the players going on are even better or as good. And we've mm. never had that for five, six years. And hopefully that's the start of something. Because I tell you now, people are frightened of us this year. They're frightened. Mm. And I, I think for once, like we'll get on to Chelsea, obviously, who are playing next week a bit later on. But I'm actually feeling confident. I know it's Southampton. We've just beaten them 4-1. But you can sit there and think, actually, the way this is coming together, like you said, Graham, you take one midfielder off, you put another decent one on. Yeah. And I think that's the real show. I mean, I'll come to you, Crackers, obviously... Graham has mentioned, obviously, Hoiberg and Bentencourt. And like you said, you could bring on whoever. I thought, apart from Hoiberg, obviously, not missing missing that header for James Ward-Prowse's volley, he had an exceptional game for the mm. ball through. And I haven't really seen that from him towards the end of the season. Now, I think that is because this season, obviously, he's had a rest and this, that and the other. But because we can take him off and put someone else on, he'll have a bit of a rest this time, won't he? Yeah, it's no, it's no longer a one to eleven, is it? If you want to do something in a in a season, as Graham says, we could be up near seventy games if we go like deep into every competition. So you can't you can't have a 
one to eleven. I know in Graham's day it was a one to eleven, and you did get near seventy games. So, uh, yeah, yeah. but but there you go. Graham's only thirty three, and look what that's done to him. <laughs> it's uh, but no, I mean the whole. It's not just it's not just footballers and what they can do. The whole vibe around that squad. They seem like good lads. They're mm. sensible lads. You look at somebody like Kulazewski. He's 22 years old yeah. and such a sensible head on his shoulders because he's done hard yards already, like moving to Italy from Sweden. And, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a man man already. He's grown up. He's mature. The whole squad seems to be together. So, you know, it isn't just about crossing that white line every three days and, and going to play a game. You've got to have a little bit of team spirit and a bit of camaraderie and, and, a, and a bit of togetherness. And they just seem to have that. They got Spurs now seem to have a good blend of good people, uh, you know, a way just as people, not footballers, just as, as, as people, as men. They just seem the right mature types. And that can only only be a good thing. And also, Holly, a good blend of youth and experience. I mean, you listen to Sessignon now speak about Perisic. He's almost like a he's like his football dad, isn't he? He's like, yeah. he, I wanted to get on now and I wanted to please Perisic. And Perisic would have told me off if I didn't do this right. And Perisic, and you just think to yourself, that's what it's all about. And you know, Perisic isn't just there to guide Sessignon. What a player. What yeah. a player, you know, as I said the other week, you could grate cheese on the man. He's like, he's so ripped and such a great player still. And yet he can also be such a, uh, you know, an advantage on the training pitch to these younger yeah. players. So there's a lovely blend in that squad at the moment. No, definitely. And I think you're right in the sense that obviously you need that good blend. And I think it's the first time I've really felt that there's a togetherness because obviously we've had certain people in the past that have fragmented it. But now everybody seems to be after this one goal and it is a great feeling to obviously be under. Um, but I want to talk a little bit, obviously, about the dire goal as well, Emma. And I'll come to you for this one. Because obviously lots of us, not recently, but in the past have said, oh, I don't know if he's going to cut it as, as the number one centre-back. But with him and Romero, they seem like the, the, the greatest partnership ever. Yeah, I think, you know, over the years, Dyer has got a lot of stick. But I think, again, he's just one of the players that I just think he's really stepped up. I think, you know, he's a real leader at the back. And, you know, there's been talk about his sort of multilingual ability as well, which obviously helps with having like the likes of Romero in the back line. And I think, you know, it shows that it's also it's not just his defensive qualities that are, are now helping. It's also in attack, you know, he can get forward. And I think also as well, both Romero and Davis yesterday, which we saw on Saturday, which we also saw last season, they do get forward. And I think it, that's what I mean, as you were saying, it is a real togetherness. It's not just always relying on Sun, Kane and Kulazewski. It's not often we score four goals and neither of them come from Kane or Sun. And I think it does just show that cohesion and sort of, yeah, it is, it's not just relying on that front three. It's, it's playing it from the back. It's working it forward. And I think, yeah, I think Dyer. I mean, I was shocked when he missed out on the last England squad. And if he keeps going the right he is, I'd be very shocked if he doesn't make the World Cup squad. But I think, yeah, he's a leader. He's got those strong defensive qualities. And I think building that around him, you know, bringing in Longley, bringing in Romero, I think it's only just, it's helping him to know that he's got that solid defenders either side of him as well. Mm, definitely. And I Ollie, think that's just, the thing. Oh, sorry, go on. Ollie, just on that, 
Dyer will be an absolute certainty for England because you've got Harry Maguire, who's absolutely having another murder. You've got Cody, who can't get into the Wolves team. And there's no better sweeper in the country at the moment. I was, I've got to say, I, I was his worst enemy last year. Uh, I kept on in saying, Eric Dyer, if you play quicker, it'll improve your game. He was always sloppy, slow. Now he's playing much quicker football and he's got fitter. And he, you know, the, the three of them at the back, I thought Ben Davis was immense again. Um, and, and Lenglet putting pressure on him, that's made him a better player. And it's made, Len, you know, Lenglet a better player. So we, we, have, we have a squad now that anybody can, can fit in. So, but Eric Dyer, I've got to agree with you. He was superb on Saturday and it was a great header. It, I'm not surprised they scored from a corner. Well, it, it was another second phase, but because we pay somebody to be our fitness, our, uh, was it? Um, oh, he's the um, ta tactical, yeah, free, free kick free coach, free isn't he? Oh, B.O. So we must be able to score it because when, when Ericsson was here, we couldn't miss the first man. Um, and we haven't scored for a while with set pieces. So, yeah, hopefully we'll score a lot. But no, just on the Eric Dyer one, I thought he was magnificent and... Uh, yeah, if he doesn't go in the England squad now, then if I was him, I'd retire from England and just play for Tottenham. See, I think the big rumour is that South, like Darren said here, South, Southgate apparently doesn't like him, which is why he hasn't been really? picked. I think he did a yeah, I think he did a podcast with um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was some podcast he did, and he was like, "I've been told that I won't be picked because he don't like me." I don't know how true that is, but he said that on a on a podcast. Really, I can't. I probably haven't got the words exactly right, but that's. Uh, what was it called? The High Performance, the High Performance Podcast. There you go. My right hand oh, man's told me. Okay. But he was he was on that, and that's what he said basically. So I don't know whether Southgate changes mind now. Like you said, when he's got Harry well, Maguire it, to choose from, it's not about it's not about whether you like him or not. I know. Is he the best centre half in England? Yes, at the moment, he is English centre half. He's one of the best. So Gareth Southgate, to me, if he doesn't pick him, he don't want to win the World Cup. Because hmm. you can't pick Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire couldn't lace Dyer's boots up at the moment. And that's that's not me just slagging him off. You know, I've watched him all at the end of last season. And yesterday, I thought he was pathetic again. You know, they, they make him captain. And he, he's not a leader. You know, he, no. he's worried about his game all the time. But we'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll be shocked if he's not in the next squad. No, like I say, you need to pick your best players from England and Dyer at the moment is currently one of those. Yeah. So it would seem silly not to take him. Um, but obviously the guy next to him, Romero Crackers, I think is, like we all kind of said, the people around Dyer making him play well as well. But Romero mm. is just something different, isn't he? Rolls-Royce, Holly. Absolute Rolls-Royce of, of a player. And that's only helped Eric Dyer in turn. Uh, as Graham will tell you, that the, the back two are like the front two. They, they you know, they're, they're one almost, aren't they? They, yeah. they? You have to you play off of each other like a like a front two. A back two do exactly the the same. And Dyer's now at the back, settled uh, because he kept having his position changed, didn't he? He was, he was a bit of a utility player, and he was playing 
midfield almost and then defence and then... Um, but, you know, Dyer's been picked by Mourinho. He got picked by Poch. He got picked by uh, the other guy with the big beard that was there for about three minutes. And now yeah. he's being picked by... By 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 Conte, so and he and he's ripped, you know. He's coming alongside somebody Romero, like Romero, and, and he's settled. But Romero, wow, 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 wow. He's um, he's one of these players we might well lose him once or twice this season to a red card. He, he plays on the edge. That's just who he is, you know. He's he's hot headed. Um, he's another Rooney. Uh, he's like a Duncan Ferguson. He's like he's just got that streak in him. He plays angry all the time. Uh, he might even be a little bit like somebody else that I remember <laughs> from back in the eighties. Uh, always played on the edge. But when you've got them, wow! When, when they are in the side, they they make such a difference. So we may just you know may have to put up with the odd red card from him. Um, in certain certain parts of the season, maybe that's somewhere we need to strengthen in case he does get a suspension, the odd suspension. But um, whilst he's there, wow, what a player! He's so lovely to watch. He really is, really is. He really is, and like you say, I think having him is quality. Yes, we may lose him to a red card, but you you don't want to see red cards, but you want to see someone put their body on the line to, to block a shot or to make a tackle to make sure it's worthwhile. And I think we've needed that and it shows with Romero um, coming in. But obviously, I want to talk about the main guy that everybody is raving about at the minute and I did get him on the back of my shirt. And Emma, that is Kuluveski. What a geezer. I know, I think he just seems to be getting better every week. I think, you know, obviously the impact we've seen since he came in in January, I thought the end the second half of last season when he came in, I thought, wow, he's made this much of an impact. And, you know, like we were touching on before, I think he is still so young. And I think if he's already doing this after, what, eight months at the club, what, what's he going to be doing when he's when he getting to his peak? And I think, you know, as well, he was talking after the game and he does. He just sounds so such like a mature player at such a young age. And you see that, I think, both on and off the pitch. And I think he's another one that's just always putting in 100%. He's getting about, he's moving everywhere, he's, trying to receive the ball he's trying to play the ball and I think you know we saw with his crosses in the box but also in front of goal I think he he is sort of at the moment just doing everything that he needs to do and making a real impact and I do think you know he's sort of only going to get better with more time playing uh, being coached by someone like Conte and having the likes of Kane and Son around him. Yeah definitely and I, I think that's the thing that not only is um, he exciting putting balls into the box he's exciting when he's in front of goal and Graham We've needed someone that's got that bit of fire in them and, and that desire yeah. to want to go and get goals, not just as a striker. Yeah, I have a good story about him in a minute. But, um, you know, we, we've had Bergwijn, we have Mora that comes onto the pitch. Nobody can do what he does. You know, he can go down the right, he drops his shoulder, comes. If you let him come inside, there's 90%, for. 90% there's trouble for him. Because once he cuts inside, he's looking for that far corner. He did it against Norwich. He did it against other teams. And Saturday, obviously, Southampton were all over the place. They didn't know where they were going. And, you know, I think they're going to struggle this year. But the story is, the last time we played Southampton, Kulicheski made his debut, came mm -hmm. on the bench, right? So I took three friends to my mate gave me his table 
in one of the posh lounges. So we're sat there, and at the end of the game, everybody was a bit low. We lost 3 2, and Southampton played well, but we lost 3 2. Everybody said, Oh, we're out of the Champions League now. And a lad called Crowney, he said, I'm going early on this. He said, Kulicheski is, gr- is crap. And I, I went, he's only played 40 minutes. Oh, yeah, but he, he, he can't do it. He can't do it. At this level, he can't do it. So every time we play now, I text him and say, thank God you're not one of our scouts. Because the way you, you treat people, like that we wouldn't have a team. And, uh, yeah, so... That's the story. He went early. He said he would never make a, he'd never make it at Tottenham, and uh, the lads proved him wrong. He, he's he's brilliant. Um, you know, he gives you that balance on. He's like Salah, isn't he? He's like he gives you that cuts inside, left foot, right foot. Um, you know, the the, the fellow's got everything, and uh, I think we have a steal there at thirty five million quid from Juventus. Wow. It is just madness where he's he's pretty much come out for nowhere, hasn't he, really? I think that's the yeah. thing that not baffles people, but it's just like, wow, he's he's making his name for himself at Tottenham and he's only been here, what, eight months? It, like, yeah, but it's Holly, incredible. Holly, the thing about it is when you come to Tottenham and you walk in that training ground, you go, wow. And when you go to the stadium, you go, wow, wow. <laughs> you know, and I listened to Graham Sooness this morning on Talk Sport when I was driving. And he said, yeah, Tottenham are in with a chance. I'm not saying they're going to beat Liverpool or Man City. Well, Liverpool got, they, they were lucky to get a draw on Saturday. This is where we have to pick up. But what he said was, Tottenham have everything. They have the best training ground. They have the best stadium in the world. You know, it's time for them to move to that next level, which we've done with Conte. And now we've done with the players we're bringing in. And, uh, you know, players look at that and they go, yeah, I want to be part of that. And that's a nice place to be because for a little while, I don't think we were really on many people's radars in that kind of sense for players because we struggled with it, especially over the whole Nuno and obviously Ryan Mason coming in fiasco. Um, but it is really nice. And like you say, Graham, I, I think your mate should jinx players more often because uh, yeah, it seems definitely. like he's got a good habit of that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. He's, he don't text me back now. He just <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that, man. Robbo, I'm going to text Crowney and ask him yeah. for uh, Saturday's lottery numbers so I know which six not to pick. <laughs> yeah, but oh, he, like, he, he goes mad when I, when I text him. <laughs> Oh, so funny. Um, but no, Crackers, I'll come to you on, on Kulaveski as well. Because like we've mentioned, mm. obviously, how, how quality is on the pitch. Um, but again, like you were talking about team cohesion, he seems to get on with everyone as well, which is also key. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just to flesh out a little bit more with Kulazewski, I don't know if you ever read that interview with him. Um, I mean, he was 14 years old when he left Sweden with no parents and uh, went to Italy, went to state school in Italy, didn't speak Italian. Um, that's, you know, frightened the life out of me moving to Lanzarote and not speaking Spanish. And I was like 50 years old at I 14. I thought you speak Spanish now. 
Uh, poco, poco, poco. <laughs> so there, there's a man, you know, that's done some hard yards. He's 22 yeah. years old, Holly, you know, and you listen to him speak and he's mature and he's sensible and he's focused and he's listening and he's switched on, he's engaged. Bearing in mind, that's in English as well. So there he is, a Swedish lad that went to Italy, speaks Italian, now speaks English better, better than me, that's for sure. At 20, and he's 22 years old. So the, the, because he's that type of person, that makes him that type of player. So we just, you know, it's now we're doing due diligence on the person behind the footballer. Um, you know, there's there's a couple of players, we all know who they are, that have come in. And it doesn't quite seem that we've done enough due diligence on them as people. And, and you know, nearly a hundred million pounds on two of them we spent, and you know you can't you can't get a game out of either of them. It's ridiculous. So you've got to sign the right people as well. And this is what we now seem to be to be doing. And Kulusevski, I mean, as Graham said, thirty five million, and that's including the loan fee that we paid for him, and alongside a Bentoncourt, I yeah. think was who's probably about fifteen million. That's Arthur Jack Grealish. Those yeah. two for, for Arthur Jack Grealish. But well, that's just that's phenomenal business. But this also sends a little message out to those that have been going on and on about, well, we've got 150 million quid and we ain't spent it. Do you know sometimes you don't need to spend it? Because what do you want to do? Spend 100 million pounds like we did on a certain two that we've currently got? Or do you want to spend 50 million, half of that? On, on Kulusevski and, and Bentoncourt. So it's not about because you've got 150 million quid in your pocket spending it. It's buying the right players. That's all you've got to do. So, you know, at Dave B1234897, that's like telling Conte and Daniel Levy and Paratici that he's getting it all wrong. Well, I think I'll stick with the, with, with the three at the club already, please, and not you, Dave. Thanks very much. I thought you were going to at me, and then I was like, no, that was me a couple of seasons ago. It's all right. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but you're still liking it. I thought it was bad. I've ditched the Enic outpost, all right? I've ditched it. Um, But no, you are right. I think you are right in the sense that you need to sign players and players that have got a great background behind them, which we have done. Um, I think those people that are moaning that we haven't spent all the money yet is because... For me, I, I, I want another centre-back in, but I don't think that's going to happen if we want the likes of Bastonia. I think we're going to have to wait for that to happen, which I'm fine with. Um, yeah, well, that's exactly what we should do, Holly. If mm. we can't get the right player, don't just buy a player. You, you know, wait another season. You might just have to put up a little bit with being a little bit short there if we do lose Romero. But don't just go and buy one for the sake of it because you're not just buying a player. You're giving them like a four or five-year contract. And they're yeah. going to go nowhere if they're no good. And then you've got to give them 150, 200 grand a week, every week, while they sit there and sulk. So I'd rather just wait until the right one comes 100%. along. 100%. Mm. I think we're definitely a lot smarter in that kind of sense now. And I think that is because we've brought in the likes of Paratici, whereas before yeah. it was Levy think, running around doing his own thing. Um, but before we move on well, to the next thing... I think it I just... was also Steve Itchin. You know, oh, yeah. Like Cracker like <laughs> said, you have to find the personality of a player. You know, we had, when I played, we had Bill Nicholson. Bill Nicholson, he went personally to watch me 
he didn't send a scout. Probably Steve Itchin didn't go personally and watch players. Mm. So when you go and watch Endombelli, what's the first thing you say? Well, I'm not sure he can play at 100 miles an hour, which at Premiership is every game. Yeah. So, you know, we get it. We got it wrong. We Everybody knows we got it wrong. But Paratici knows the players that can play in the English Premier League. So, you know, I'm with Crackers. You, you don't need to go out and buy any player. You need to go, like Man City, you know, they, they, they're lucky. They got millions. But like Liverpool, Liverpool pick what player they want to come in. And, and you know, Chelsea are at it this year. They're just buying everything that comes up. Because um, they keep getting hijacked by Barcelona. <laughs> yeah. So, but they, they still get, they got the left back. They, but, you know. They pay well over the top for him. He's a good player, but he's not a sixty million pound player, mm. you know. And and so that you've got to be careful what you do. But what what you have to do is you have to have the team spirit, and we've got that now. We've got team spirit. We've got togetherness. Players, you know, I watch the training on on the on the websites, and they're all cuddling each other when they win and. You know, you're looking at it and you're thinking, that's what it should have been two years ago. I can understand under Nuno, well, I wouldn't have even had, I wouldn't be happy if I was training under him. You know, but Mourinho was different. He, he tried to, he tried to, I don't know what he tried to do, but, you know, it was <laughs> sort of, no, but it was, it, he was trying to upset too many yeah. players. Where this manager, he's got everybody wanting to play for him. Whether you're on the bench and you come off that bench, they want to play for him. And that's what you've got to have. Mm, definitely. And I think that's the thing. There's no kind of spoiled eggs. And I know tonight we haven't mentioned those two, but I'm going to mention them anyway. Before I do that, though, I want to say a big thank you to obviously Faz for his super chat Um tonight and he is living the optimism I love it Faz so thank you very much for that super chat but Emma I'll come to you first because obviously we haven't really mentioned the two um, that are I'm going to say bad eggs um, but it looks like potentially Emery could be our saviour because there's rumours going around that La Celso and Ndombele could be leaving to obviously fly out with Emery what's your kind of take on that I think <laughs> I think most of us would be very happy with that yeah I think you know it's just, I just think they do need to go now. I think, you know, both of them have shown that they do have quality and that there are players in there, but I just don't think at Tottenham and in the Premier League, I just don't think, you know, before they went on loan, they were struggling to get in the team. We've strengthened, improved fitness, got new players. They're, they're never getting in now. And I think that, you know, it's and it's also just, you know, having them still on the books and having to pay wages and things. They just, they do need to go. And we've still got, you know, a few weeks of the transfer window to get them gone. And I think it is, I completely understand, you know, with especially Endombele, how much he costs. They don't want to get rid of him for pennies. I completely get that. But it, it, it's finding that balance between we need to kind of move this player on, but also not lose out on the money. But yeah, if Emery wants to come along and, and take them both, I don't think many people would have complaints. But yeah, I think, you know, especially in Dombele, his loan wasn't probably as good as he hoped last season. Um, but I do just think they both need to move on to a new club, a fresh start. Um, I think they both do have good qualities, but as I said, just not 
sort of for Tottenham and especially in a Conte team. Hmm. Ollie, how can you how can Endombele not go to Leon and not play well? That's that's his level. The slow walking pace, you know. So it's not down to his, his ability, it's down to his attitude. You know, uh, well, I don't, I'm on 200 grand a week. What do I care? I'll just, just sit there and pick my money up. Well, football's more than that. Football's about getting on that pitch, playing in front of 65,000 people, 62,000 people, whatever, and showing them how good you are. And he couldn't do that. And that's why he has to go. Hmm. Yeah, no, you're right. And I know me and Crackers have, have spoken about it before, so I won't I won't let him regurgitate what you said before. But obviously, if that offer came in, Crackers, I know you'd be over it like a shot. Oh, all over it. He, he, do you know what, Holly? Even just let him go for free, because at least then he's off the wage bill uh, as well. And I, I said to you before, it's, it's disgraceful. But of somebody that's actually got a professional contract, then does that. With, with their career. Graham, you've managed a, a, a few teams. You must have like, had to bring kids in and said, sorry, I can't give you a new contract. And I've seen I've seen programmes where managers, I think it was Harry Bassett, uh, yeah. brought some kids in and told them he had to let them go. They're devastated, didn't they, these kids? It yeah. absolutely devastates them. And then you see somebody like Undembele, with all the skill in the world, is the answer to this central attacking midfielder that we're currently looking for. Because if he if he actually played to his ability, well, but he just won't. And it is he's shocking, like to, to to himself and his own career that he's done that. So, you know, if Emery comes in fantastic, I'll just be glad to see the back of one or two of those those, those types of players gone. I'll drop so it. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, Let, let's hope so. Let's hope. Uh, it, just get them off the wage bill. Yeah, That's the main thing agree. now. I just, agree. just wipe your mouth of it. But it, you know, even the two of them, if you don't get much of a fee at all, listen. The TV companies will be back again next summer with another big bucket load of money, and we and we go again. So, like you know, it's it's not like it's running out anytime soon, is it? So yeah. just just wipe it done and carry on. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the best way to look at it. Um, but obviously, going back to the, the Southampton game quickly before we move on to previewing the Chelsea one, obviously, we have slightly mentioned it in the fact that obviously we didn't really have Kane or Son on the score sheet. But it didn't really matter because the goals were coming from all over the shot. And now I know lots of people are already making uh, changes in their FPL team. Um, but Emma, I don't think we need to worry too much about Harry Kane not getting on the score sheet in the first game of the season. Oh, no, definitely not. I think, if anything, it's just, it's a, it's good. You know, everyone always talks about how reliant we are on Son and Kane. And I think Saturday just showed that that we aren't and that, there, you know, there's other members of the team that can show up when they need to. But I also think it it's it just shows their quality. Like, you know, Son was, Son was still putting, it wasn't his, anywhere near his best game, but he was still making an impact. And to have a player who, even when they're not playing at their best, they're still making an impact. Obviously, not as much as as usual, and as much as you know, people would hope in terms of goals and things. But no, I there's not an ounce of me that's worried. I think it was just one of those games. Other people got got the goals, and I'm not really bothered who's scoring them. Um, so yeah, but I think obviously, first game of the season, I I think it's difficult to to be judging anyone. But no, yeah, I'm not worried at all. I think it was just yeah, wasn't either of their best games, but they still 
they still did a lot and still did make an impact, just not as much as usual. Yeah, definitely. And I, I like that. I don't think it's anything to worry about. As we know, Harry Kane doesn't normally uh, like to get on the score sheet in August anyway. So putting that down yeah. to favour, it don't matter too much. Um, but obviously at the game, I was probably a bit away with the fairies. So my right-hand man, Jay, was telling me how um, Bednarek was obviously playing quite deep, Graham. And obviously, I feel like... Uh, Obviously, Southampton didn't do a lot of homework, still managed to score four past them. But it seemed that they were trying to stop, obviously, the flick-on from Kane to Son. I don't know whether that was something they rehearsed or whatever, but Benrek was playing quite deep. So maybe that kind of put off the whole kind of combination between Son and Kane. Well, but listen, you can do what you like. And uh, so if they drop off, then Harry Kane will get it to his feet and we'll open them up. I think, I think the... Was it the fourth goal uh, where... Oiberg got it in midfield. They dropped off and he could play that ball through yeah. to Emerson. And, you know, so them playing deep is not going to help them. So, yeah, listen, Harry scored five goals in the preseason. So he scored in August. So don't worry. It's, uh, <laughs> so don't worry. Um, no, no, but listen, Harry Kane, Sonny. I, I, I look at it and say we have the best three strikers or forward line in in the in the country at the moment and uh, could be in Europe um and we've got another person I still fancy him to do really well with Charleston mm-hmm. I think he's got a bit between his teeth and uh, he, he could be a nasty well, me and him would have to have a see for him you know <laughs> we'd have to have a, have a little bit of uh, because he does leave his footing and uh, I could see me losing my temper a little bit, crackers. You know what I mean? I know I'm backing in that one. You in your pomp and him in his pomp. There's only one winner there. Yeah, and I'll the title's not going to Brazil, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> he would he would try to wind me up there, crackers, and uh, he'd have to be a, he'd have to be a Charlie Nicholas, I think. <laughs> Quality. Oh, I love that. That is so funny. But yeah, I think obviously he could make obviously a run out against uh, obviously the next people we play. And Crackers, I'll come to you first. Obviously, next fixture is Chelsea at Stamford mm. Bridge. So what's your kind of thoughts on that? For me, I feel quite confident for once. I don't, um, first time we've been to Stamford Bridge and I'm feeling that kind of way. Are you kind of feeling the same or... Holly, how many times in the last few seasons have you been, oh, God, we're going to the bridge? Now, stick another not, uh, another O in there. Oh, good, we're going <laughs> to the bridge. So that what more can you ask? We, you know, on other shows I've done and we'd be previewing going to, to, to Stamford Bridge and playing Chelsea, you'd go, well, I'd like to see a good performance. And if we can keep it respectable, that's a bit of progress. Um, I can't wait to get there Sunday now. I, I honestly cannot wait to get there. Um, listen, we, we might not win that, but if they do win it, they're either going to get a Walpress lucky goal somewhere going in. You know, football's chaos. It's not an exact science. They may get something or... They are going to have to be brilliant. They are going to have to be absolutely brilliant. Um, we're not going to go there and beat ourselves. That was always the problem. Spurs' biggest opponents was always Spurs. We'd go there with that already 1-0 down mentality. Yeah. Now, 
I think we go there with a totally different mindset. Conte just seems to have shaken that right out of us, to be honest. So it's it's a tough one to call. But if they do beat us, it's either by luck, a, a, a bit a bit of luck, or a bit of brilliance. But they will have to beat us. They will have to beat us. They'll have to be brilliant. We won't go there and roll over. It's as, it's as simple as that. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And do you know what? Ali, if we do go there and get a result, there's your marker. There's your line in the sand. And that that, that puts down something to the rest uh, of, of the league. And, um, you know, I watched an interview with Thomas Tuchel on Saturday morning with uh, Tubes on Soccer AM. And I like when people like Tubes interview people like Tuchel because when they get like a Henry Winter in front of them or a Gary yeah. Neville... The, the, the shields come up and they're very, very careful with what they say. And then they send somebody in like tubes for a little bit of a light-hearted interview and, and the shields okay. come down and they're a little bit more open and a little bit more unguarded. And tubes was speaking to Tuchel about Chelsea and he coughed up that they are, that they're a little bit in transition almost to the point of saying it's chaos at the moment with the new owners and not knowing really what's going on. So a great time to play them as well, because they are in transition. They don't look right at the moment. They don't look like Chelsea uh, of old. Funny, isn't it? When you lose uh, somebody bailing you out every week and uh, has to disappear into the, uh, into the med on his boat. Um, What, what, what can happen? Nobody seems to want to go there anymore. I can't understand why. Um, so it's a great time for a settled, good team like Spurs to go somewhere like Chelsea. And I, I really, really fancy us. He's listening to this. He's just pulled up in Lanzarote. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take him down a plate of prongs and a, and a cerveza. <laughs> go and see if he's all right, poor lamb. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, my. <laughs> But no, I think I think I I kind of feel quite happy to go there for once. And obviously, after the Battle of the Bridge, I hated going to Stamford Bridge. But Emma, I think it's kind of right. I mean, Chelsea only managed to beat Everton one 0 so now, like Crackers said, is the time to play it. Yeah, I agree with everything Crackers said. As you said, yeah, they only beat Everton one 0 I think it is a perfect time to play them. They're yeah, as we were talking about before, you know, they seem to be just spending money on players left right and centre and I think they are very much in a transition with their owners with trying to settle their new players in with dealing with all their all the players that have gone and I think they've almost had to throw some of their new players in because they've lost so many whereas we we've been able to have that strong starting 11 but bring in the new players if we need to rotate and I so I think yeah I think you know if there's if they're we're going to beat them at any time I think it's this weekend and I think if we can go there. And I do think, you know, we've got such a mixture of, of quality across the pitch. You know, yeah, you've you've got Romero, you've got Richarlison, you've got a number of players who will go in and make those tackles and slide in and give that aggression that you need in a London derby. And I also think you've got those those more those players who are leaders and who are calm heads and who will sort of you know I do think it's everything we've been saying it's such a it's coming to be such a cohesive team. And I think if we can go there and just put on all the good things that we've shown in the last sort of few months, then I think, yeah, we'll give them a real go. And I think, I think we've got a real good chance. 
100%. I love that. I mean, Graham, is that kind of your thoughts as well? I mean, do you want to see uh, Richie put on a performance and scare the living daylights out of Chelsea? Well, I want to see the front three play first. Um, mm -hmm. I think Richarlison... See, I think the manager might change things about um, because you've got Basuma um, to come, come into the team. You know, I, I love him. That thing he did last year when he was at Arsenal and he started stood over the fella laughing. That was the best best thing in my life, that was. You know. Um but that's what that's what Tottenham fans love. And that's why we you know we got him. But um it's listen, it's not easy place to go. And you can't afford to give silly goals away. If we can keep a clean sheet, we will win the game. And I think Conte will work all week on uh, defence and attack. So, you know, we defend in the team and we attack as a team. I think the two midfield players have to be on their toes because Georgine, if you give Jorginho space, he will just stroll through the game. You put him under pressure, he's not as good a player as everybody says he is. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a match-up. I think the two midfield players we got at the moment, with Basuma, if it, whoever the two of those three play, they can match up. And, uh, yeah, we I, I'm, I'm quietly confident because of what we did on Saturday. It wasn't a one-off Saturday. It You know, we could have won six or seven we could have had Saturday. So we know we can score goals. We've just got to start keeping clean sheets. That's where you win leagues. Keep yeah. clean sheets. Chelsea won one nil at Everton. They lost one nil last year, but they kept a clean sheet. And I think that's probably their strength this year. Koulibaly, Silva. I'm, yeah, I think they miss Rudiger, but I think our front three will terrorise them. So mm. let's see. Yeah, hopefully we can match them up. Like you said, it, it, whoever plays in that midfield will do a good job. I mean, Crackers, would would you like to think that Basuma gets moved in or do you think for a game like that against Chelsea, do you think it's too soon to tra transition him straight in? Because he did nearly score uh, against Southampton at the weekend when he came on. Yeah, he's got some confidence, the boy, hasn't he? I mean, it won't phase him going there. And if he does get picked to start, it will not phase him at all. And he's got skill in his locker for days. So it won't be for the lack of lack of confidence if Conte does start him. But, you know, Antonio sees these players day in, day out on the training pitch and along with his generals. And I'm sure they'll hold counsel and then they'll, you know, they'll look at Chelsea and how they're set up and they'll watch the, the game that Chelsea played against Everton. And, I'm sure that they'll he'll pick personnel to think that he can win their, their personal battles. And if things aren't going right, we now have the depth of squad to change things up a bit, you know, bring a Richarlison on and try something a little bit different if that front three isn't working and go two up top and, you know, maybe him a little bit of a battering ram. I mean, he looks like he would go, go and get involved, doesn't he? It's uh, I mean, you spoke about the Battle of the Bridge, Holly. It was a game I loved and hated in mm -hmm. equal measure because it was it was a battle which you need to do, but we lost our heads. Yeah. Yeah. So you've yeah. got to go and do what we've done in that game, but you've got to keep your head with it as well because our heads just went in that game and we ended up giving away that that lead back to two all. 
So you've got to take the spirit of that, but it has to be controlled, you know. And yeah. I think that's where Conte might be the difference between Pochettino, who we all loved. And, I mean, he'd done incredible things, gave us incredible memories. But I just think Conte has got that little something more where he can get into players' heads and just keep them controlled. So you can get that same passion, but with control right right to the end. Except for here's Romero, a, of course, a, who's a lunatic. Here's a, here's a question, Lydia. <laughs> question. Would you think Levy should give Conte three years? Oh, all, all day long. I would, all but it's whether he'd take it, man. Well, all day long. I, 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 I was in the in the grounds on Saturday and I spoke to a person that's on the board and they said it's the first time for the last six months that he comes in smiling, he loves the place and I said there you need to you know, we, we need, we need mm. to build not for this year for the next five years and that's hopefully we can uh, we can do it because I think we've got him this season, time, haven't we? And an option of a year. Yeah, I think we've got this year and one one more year option on him. Yeah, but crackers, if he don't want to stay, he's not going to stay in that no. option. No. So just do it. Do what you got to do. And I think what will happen is Harry Kane has signed a new contract. Mm. And then you've got all the players that he wants and he can change one, one or two every year. And we'll 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 be we'll be up there. We'll be you know winning trophies and you know I'm not bothered if we don't win a trophy this year. But yes, I would love to win a trophy, but I want to split or win that top top of the league, or I want to split them to say mm-hmm. yeah we're we're back. And that, I would that's... like I I feel I'm kind of on the same, but I want to get closer to obviously City and Liverpool. I think yeah. for us to improve, we need to close that gap but I just want a trophy I think I was eight the last time we won a trophy I think Holly if you do get close to them too then by default you're going to probably make some finals and win a couple if you're that good you're good enough to win a cup so the league is everything it's your barometer cups you know you you can have a little bit of lucky we shouldn't have never got anywhere near that Champions League final with City we got lucky there and then you know the last gasp against against Ajax again so you know however you dress the Champions League up it's still a cup and you can have a little sort of a bit of luck uh, luck in those but your league tells you exactly where you are because of the amount of games you play so if you are Splitting those top two by default, you'll make cup finals. I think. Yeah. No, last year, like, Ollie, sorry, last year, That's right. last year, we beat Man City twice. Man City hmm. as haven't scored in the last five six games they played at the new stadium. Right, they haven't hmm. scored. We beat a moment away. We drew with Liverpool. We should have beat them both times. But our problem last season was. We lost to Southampton. We lost to Wolves. We lost to somebody else. Burnley away. Burnley away. That's where you have to be better. Because the big games take care of themselves. We got a few big games. We got four London derbies coming up by the end of, I think, September, October. So, you know, we have... It's, It's going to be manic. But... We've got the Champions League in there. 
but we've got to win, like we did Saturday, brush them aside. Southampton, yeah. brush them aside. And then, you know, when we play Fulham, brush them aside. Because that's the games that we will, oh, it's easy. No, it's not. But it can be if you if you attack it in the right mind. And and the right mind is the big games take care of themselves, but the little games, you've got to be on your toes. Yeah. All of you. And that's what that that will put us in the top. No, that's a good point. And that's the thing, that was our downfall last season. Like you say, the silly games that we all thought we were yeah. gonna brush them aside, we didn't. Yeah. And I think that's gonna be the change. This season, I hope it's a change this season. But yeah, like you said, I, I want to get closer to the top two. If we can split them, even better. I need the trophy. No, no, we can win them, win them, <laughs> win them, win them. All right, win them, win them, win them. All right, fairs. All right, I'll let you have this one. Um, but no, a trophy for me. I just need a trophy. I think Darren's begging for a trophy as well, man. See, if you'd have been my age, you would have seen loads of trophies. All right, <laughs> don't rub it in. <laughs> Holly, I'm just glad I haven't got to go to Burnley away. It was up, it, it was uphill to the station both ways. I don't know how, but it was. It was at minus five. The rain was sideways and we got beat 1-0. And it was yeah. it was the second day I've gone to the UK after leaving a 90 degrees Lanzarote with sunshine. And I was in Burnley with sideways rain about minus five and got beat 1-0. Oh, you imagine how pleased I was. I was like, what am I doing here? Why have I done this? Honestly. Oh, anyway, my. good riddance, Burnley. <laughs> no, I am happy about that one. But um, no, like I say, I think obviously Samantha win was excellent. Loved it, obviously, for personal reasons as well. And then obviously Chelsea, I think we're all feeling quite well, not even quietly confident. I think we are all feeling uh, confident because this is the time to go and beat them. Um, before we go, I want to say a big thank you to everybody that's tuned in tonight or if you're re-watching or if you're listening on the on the audio type business, please, um, like I say, come over to the channel, subscribe, like, all of that jazz. Um, but I want to say a big thank you to my guests as well because it's been an excellent first show of the season. So I'll do me roundabout like I always do. Uh, Graham, I'll come to you first. I don't think you really need an outro because I think everybody can, can find you. But anyway, where can people find you, my friends? Just on my Twitter, uh, Graham Roberts for I can't, I get so many on there now that it takes me all day to send pictures and and send videos. So it's Graham Roberts for at hotmail.com. Love it, mate. Thank you so much. Um, and Emma, where can everybody find you doing your thing as well, my friend? Um, yeah, so on Twitter. Um at Emma underscore to duvet or all my stuff goes on Football London website. But yeah, it's been a great show. Obviously great to talk about a win and thanks for inviting me back on. No, thank you for coming on. It was a great chat. And also Crackers, it was a pleasure like always. Where can everybody find you doing your thing as well, my friend? Either on the beach or at Mr. Cracknell <laughs> uh, on, on, across across the socials. So uh, no, thank you for the invite on again, yeah. Holly. And uh Good to see you looking well, Graham, and nice to virtually meet you too, Emma. And uh, thanks to everybody for the lovely comments down the sidebar there. Well done. So, no, very nice to uh, have a catch up and talk about uh, happy, settled Spurs. Not so much to talk about when it's all happy and settled, is <laughs> oh, it, right, Ollie? Right. Three-hour shows like... when we're getting gummed, <laughs> isn't it? Come on, I, say, I feel like I'm going round in circles talking about the same thing when we win. <laughs> right, Ollie, what's going to be the scores then? Come on. Oh man! Oh, no, no. I guess I'm because yeah. I ate is that, that is that the time? <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm, I'm going three two. Three two. Ooh. 
Go on, Emma, your turn. You're up next. I'll go. Oh, off. no. I'm reading the room. <laughs> um, I'm going to go 2 1. 2 1. Nice. I like it. Crackers. Same for me. I'm going 1 2 to Spurs. And uh, uh, Richarlison comes on, gets the winner. <laughs> Bang. Have that. <laughs> I like that. I'll go for a. Hmm. I think I'll go for a free one, Tottenham. There we go. Mix it up a little bit. Free one, well, Tottenham. I'm only saying that because Saturday I was doing the rounds at the stadium and everybody, I was on the mic, everybody was asking me and I told them 4-1. Oh, 20, no. 20, were you on the, the pints, Graham? No, I wasn't on the pints. 25 <laughs> to 1. So it paid for my weekend out. So it was nice. Nice, like that. <laughs> Just send me some tips, Graham. I think I need that after the weekend. I think I need some money oh, rolling I'm in. Bad. I'm not bad at it. I, I did it when they when we played Morecambe. I said we beat them three one or four one, whatever it was. And yeah, everybody. Now I have, when I go in now, I have to tell everybody. <laughs> you, have you have a better tips than Crowney, Graham. Yeah, that's yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> You're a better tips than him. Yeah, but, yeah much better. You, listen, you you send him and say, "Oh, Robbo asked me to give you a text." <laughs> I will do. <laughs> oh, I love that. Crown, I like this crown of geese. I want to see. He should put some more... Uh, he's a lad. He's a good lad. He's not a good scout. <laughs> <laughs> I've noted that. <laughs> um, but no, thank you guys um, for this evening. And like I say, everybody in the chat. Holly Sotspurs Live is back next weekend. Keep your eyes peeled for a guest because uh, you might see him kicking about at the lane sometimes on the microphone. So make sure uh, you keep an eye peeled for that one. And like I always say, come on you Spurs. Come on you Spurs.